0: As one of America's largest financial services companies, Nationwide makes simplicity a priority so financial professionals can help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. Take your business
1: further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com businessgoldcard Business Gold
0: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to the Bloomberg Surveillance Podcast. I'm Tom Keen, along with Jonathan Farrell and Lisa Abramowitz. Daily, we bring you insight from the best— and economics, finance, investment, and international relations. Find Bloomberg Surveillance on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Bloomberg.com, and, of course, on the Bloomberg Terminal.
3: Joining us now is Vasily Serebriakov, the FX and macro strategist at UBS. Vasily, talk to me about what you think about what we've just heard from this ECB
4: yeah, well, I think the market reaction makes sense. Um, we got fifty basis points, which is kind of in line with uh, you know the Bloomberg story that came out a few a few days ago. Clearly, the points that you've been making about forward guidance apply not just to you uh, not just to ECB, but to other central banks as well. We've seen those quick turnarounds and changes of mind and 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 look, I mean that's that's the inflation picture. In Europe and globally it just forces uh, central banks to front load it really made no sense to end up with negative rates at the end of this meeting and and, and that's what uh, that's what the ECB decided to Tom's point I think the fragmentation tool is probably longer term the more important uh, the more important variable for the euro so we're going to see we're going to be anxious to see um, all the details all on right. that front.
2: Vasily, to me, what's so important here is nonlinearity. We're getting to a restrictive state within the central bank of the United States. We're nowhere near that with the ECB. How nonlinear is Lagarde's trip to the end of 2022 and into next year? This gets ever more difficult, doesn't it?
4: It it doesn't it doesn't get easy. I, I think the problem for the some of the central banks that are front loading right now, if you're going to front load and then get to neutral and then stop, but inflation is not slowing, then then what do you do? Right. Uh, the ECB is going a little bit slower, as you point as you're pointing out, at least they're starting later. Uh, we, we do think they probably get to, you know, at least one and a half percent by by next year, uh, which which is starting to push them into into neutral or, or restrictive as well. But again, the key variable here is this, How quickly can inflation start coming down uh, in order for those central banks to actually to actually stop where they think they're going to stop? And that's uh, that, that's probably you know, that's probably the key question for the markets. And then, of course, yeah. <clears throat> I think increasingly from here, it's, it's, it's going to be the growth inflation mix, right? The growth right. inflation mix has been very, very bad. Um, they're hoping it's it's uh, you know, they can hike without triggering an even deeper downturn, but that that's very much an open question.
5: Well, to that point, Vasily, can this bounce we're seeing in the euro stick?
4: Yeah, it's very hard to see that stick for a very long time. and I think the the, the problem is it's not just about the fragmentation, right? So what we'll see about the the details of this instrument. um, I agree with Tom's point in the sense that, you know, if it's open-ended that's a that's a very good signal um right if it's not if it's not limited um that might get us to let's say 103 103 and a half as far as the euro dollar the problem is the <clears throat> some of the bigger bigger issues uh, related to european growth are still there right and this is gas supplies um and how what are we going to do this winter so in that sense i think investors most investors do what we talked to are still um quite negative on the euro and and and, and probably you know uh, getting ready to sell <coughs> to sell the rallies um, the the whatever the ECB does today unfortunately doesn't really change the threat of a deeper downturn um, you know in the next six months if, if indeed we move to things like um, you know energy supply rationing in, in Europe.
3: Hey Vasily, truly historic haven't been able to say these words for a long time have we? Vasily Serabriykov there of UBS the first interest rate hike from the ECB since 2011.
2: Jim Wack, we are honored that he is with us today. He's the chief economist at AXA Investment Management and is arguably the most read AXA in market economics in Europe. Jill, let me ask you an open question right now. What will you listen for ex-ante or ex-post from Christine Lagarde?
5: Um, it's going to be an interesting sell for uh, Christine Lagarde because um, what they've actually done today is by going to 50, whereas the ad actually Telegraph 25, they've basically uh, got rid of of forward guidance. We used to have a pretty precise forward guidance from from the ECB. Uh, And since they've done something which is quite different from what they had announced last time, accordingly, uh, they... They've just said that for the next moves, for the next decisions, it will be a meeting by meeting process. It will be completely data dependent. So I guess journalists are going to try to extract as much information from Christine Lagarde as to what the next moves are going to be. And I would expect her to be extremely guarded because that's a new regime, basically. We have a central bank today, which is saying us, okay, I ripped the Band-Aid, I got 50, and sorry, I told you something different Uh. in June. And for what's going to come up next, well, we'll see. So it's going to be, I think, an interesting uh, uh, debate. The other issue obviously is on the rules of, of engagement of, of TPI, since you know that is the name of the anti-fragmentation uh, weapon. It's likely to be quite uh, a big instrument and possibly a convincing uh, instrument uh, on paper. We'll have the details a bit later. But the question everyone has is, uh, what are the the conditions, what are the circumstances under which you would actually activate it and um, consensus right now. And I agree with that is that given the nature of the crisis currently in Italy, which is a home ground political crisis, it's unlikely that you could use an anti-fragmentation instrument to to deal with this. So I guess Christina Lagarde is going to have a lot of questions on, you know, what are exactly those engagement rules. So,
3: Gilles, there's two points there. There's one on interest rates and the other is on TPI. Let's just start with rates and finish up there. They're not going to give us a guide towards what they're going to do in September. I get all of that. What she needs to establish in this news conference is the reaction function of this ECB. What they have led us to believe is that the next move is a hike. They're basically saying that further normalization of interest rates will be appropriate. What they're not telling us is the size of that hike. Gilles, do you have a decent understanding of what the economic data points will be that influence the decision between 25 and 50? And how we're meant to understand the incoming data, internalize that, and come up with a view about what this means for ECB rate hikes?
5: Well, clearly, you know, CPI prints that will be, you know, important uh, even if by September, honestly, there's, you know, we are unlikely to have a big change actually in, in the kind of, of information we get from from CPI prints. So you pro- probably want to go uh, up the pipeline basically of, of inflationary pressure. I think a key issue is uh, what's going to happen with with wage growth, and that's a problem we have specifically in Europe because data, reliable data on wage growth come very, very late, much later than they do in the US. So when you have a central bank making decisions basically on the risks of second round effects from, from inflation, uh, you need to know exactly where the labor market is going and whether or not we are seeing some proper you know, wage acceleration. So that is going to be, to be, to be key. Uh, and probably also uh, a side issue Uh, which is unfortunately very binary and which actually probably explains why the ECB doesn't want to give us any kind of forward guidance, is what the Russians are going to do with gas. Because uh, news today is that apparently there is at least a trickle of uh, gas supply uh, going through Nord Stream 1, but we never know whether or not this is going to be, uh, 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 this is going to continue for several months or whether or not we'll have another you know, maintenance period in which the Russians cut access to gas. And that is super binary. In Europe, basically, the border between stagnation and a proper a significant recession is whether or not we still have access to uh, uh, Russian gas uh, by, by the winter. So that might actually be quite an important uh, input in their, in their reaction function.
3: Joe, just briefly then on TPI, the conditionality around this. Hard to make a call at the moment, but best guess, what do you think it will be?
5: I don't think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be about, you know, the next generation EU uh, uh, program is going to be about, you know, complying with the European surveillance, physical surveillance rules, which actually at the moment have been, have been suspended. I don't think it's going to be heavy. The problem is that for those milestones to be ticked, you know, for this to be, uh, for this kind of even like conditionality to be complied with, you need a government. <laughs> you need a government mm-hmm. in Italy that actually you know, plays, plays according to the rules. And you know, that's the big question mark at the moment. Well, and there's a conversation happening on our top live blog on the Bloomberg Terminal right now about the fact that you got the 50 basis points, which appeases the hawks, but you also got at the same time this TPI, which appeases the doves because then you have a crisis management tool to ensure that the transmission is smooth. If it doesn't work as intended, does the ECB get stuck
1: here at zero?
5: It's 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 a possibility. I would I would doubt it because my impression is that you know they've raised the bar quite high. They really really want to normalize. Now it's true that once you've hit zero, uh, possibly the debate changes a little bit because. At the Goblin Council, you had a number of people, including among the the dogs, who never actually liked negative interest rates in the first place. who have always thought that it was uh, controversial, possibly counterproductive. Once you've brought policy rates to zero, it's a slightly different conversation. Mm -hmm. However, however, given the kind of inflation we have in the pipeline, it would take a lot, I think, for the ECB to to stop normalizing from, from where we are right now. Okay, so maybe they won't stop normalizing entirely, but how much do you think they'll actually be able to normalize? What rate do you think they will get to before the economy forces them to stop? My forecast is that at the end of the year, they're at 1%, uh, which is you know, the, the lower end of uh, the, uh, uh, the range that they gave us for uh, what they consider to be um, a, a neutral rates. Uh, so end of 23, if you know, we avoid a catastrophe, uh, uh, a link to to, to, to to the gas situation, they might go to the middle of that neutral range around 150, uh, but that would probably the maximum of what I could expect. And there is a significant risk that they get stuck at 1% if we we, we end up with a very significant slowdown and if wage growth decelerates instead of accelerating. But The the natural slope, I think, for the ECB is to really get at least into this neutral range, which is at least at
3: 1%. Jill, I think I've been talking to you on and off for about 10 years, and this is the first time we've got to talk about a rate hike from the ECB. (laughs)
0: Columbus, Ohio. Take your business further
1: with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-business-gold-card. You know success when you
0: see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight: athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know the ones who make it all happen. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. we got Mark Chandler, Bonnock Chief Market Strategist here. Mark, Tom and I were just talking about kind of what we've seen from the ECB this morning, the surprise 50 basis point rate hike. We saw strength initially in the euro, uh, but it seemed to be giving that up. What are your takeaways?
6: yeah, so I think you're right. I think that uh, the ECB surprised many people by hiking fifty basis points. So Bloomberg had the leak uh, earlier this week, and when the leak first came out, an unsourced report saying that you know officials close to the ECB are talking about a fifty basis point hike. I recognize that as a likely quid pro quo for the for what now Lagarde calls the TPI, the transmission protection instrument. I think that the market had been set up for a buy the rumor, sell the fact in any event. uh, You think about what's happened, the Euro rallied from about 99 and a half cents to about 102 and a in the first three or four days of this week. And so I thought this was a short covering move. And I think now the focus shifts to the Federal Reserve, which is going to hike rates most likely by 75 basis points next week. That means that the rate differential, the policy rate differential is moving in the U.S.'s favor by 25 basis points this month. Okay, the rate differential's there, but
2: also it's about confidence in the economy. And Mark Chandler, And you've been so good about folding in foreign exchange dynamics over to what GDP actually does. There's a headline in the blur here where she says their run rate is there's no
6: recession in Europe. Do you buy that? Yeah, I think, you know, this, I think, is just the typical kind of central bank talk. I mean, what central yeah, okay. bank really forecast a recession? Like, the Fed doesn't. I, I think that the odds of a European recession are increasing, but I think the odds of a U.S. recession are increasing, too, and Powell is not going to say that next week.
2: Fascinating. Do you have a call on euro at Bannockburn? Do you, do you, you know, do you have a, can you give us a single point call five days out on euro?
6: Five days out, I think we're going to be lower. I think that we're going to be having to go back and test that 99.5 cent area that we saw uh, last week. And I think I would expect that before the FOMC meets and you know, when they, before they make the decision on 75 basis points, a dollar goes better bid. You know, we besides the ECB, the other big... The other big thing today, of course, is that Italy, political crisis, and those spreads are widening. And typically those widening spreads works against the Europe. Are they
2: a candidate for the TPI (laughs) ex-ante crisis tool?
6: (laughs) Well, you know, I I think that uh, Lagarde tried to put a best face on it. But first she told us it's a secondary tool. The first tool is going to be the flexibility with the recycling or reinvesting of the emergency purchases they already made. I think the euro going through yesterday's low, this is really setting up a very poor technical condition for the next few days.
2: I mean, Paul, I make jokes about it, but I adore Klaus Regling, who I've seen twice in the last six months, who's at the absolute pivot point of these discussions. He is an esteemed diplomat and economist from Germany, and I can't fathom Lagarde and Regling talking about the future of Italy. I can't imagine it's, it's that always conversation. It
0: seems like it's always front and center. Mark, so as we think about the U.S. Federal Reserve, we think about July 27th, we train our attention on that. In your mind, is 100 basis points off the table completely? Well, I think the
6: market's pricing in about a one in five chance okay. of it taking place. Uh, I think that the odds of it are really, you know, look at what happened today with the Philly Fed survey. What a big miss. And so I don't, think the, I don't think this is going to stay the Fed's hand. I think they just want to do a measured pace, 75 – the market's giving them 75 basis points. I think they want to take that.
0: So what are the key issues here uh, from your perspective as you think about kind of where this economy is going? You know, how much credit do you give the Fed here, I guess, for trying to find that balance between fighting inflation and preventing recession?
6: I don't really see the Fed putting much emphasis in resisting a recession. I mean, they, they. I mean, I think Powell really says it right. I mean, I think he says we're really determined to curb inflation. Okay. We hope we can we can avoid a recession. Uh, to me, that's like asymm- asymmetrical, like threat perception. <laughs> so I don't see I, I don't see the Fed really trying hard to avoid a recession. I think they're more much more focused on inflation. And I think you know right. for so long these people cried for a Volker moment, and now they've got a Volker moment, and they get afraid of it. Mark Chandler,
2: thank you so much. Too short a visit with Bannockburn this morning. This is the Bloomberg Surveillance Podcast. Thanks for listening. Join us live weekdays from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and on Bloomberg Television each day from 6 to 9 a.m. for insight from the best in economics, finance, investment, and international relations. And subscribe to the Surveillance Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Bloomberg.com, and of course, on the Terminal. I'm Tom Keen, and this is Bloomberg.
1: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
0: You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun from May
3: 14th to 16th